and welcome to the Battle Royale podcast. I'm your host, as always, Edward Jones, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, the Professor Mr. Stephen Palmer. Hello, hello, hello. And this is episode six, Memories. On tonight's episode, we're obviously now finally out into the killing fields of Battle Royale. Uh, here on our chapter-by-chapter chapter look at the classic cult movie that is Battle Royale. And, uh, yeah, Stephen, it's only taken us six six episodes, but we are now finally out in the killing fields. The fun can really begin, so to speak. And I think this is also the chapter where we really got a sense, the reality starts to really sort of sink in for a lot of our class members. As uh, now they're out in sort of like the big bad world. I mean, it's surprising in many ways at the same time, the fact that it takes some of them until this moment to realise that, you know, this isn't a game. This is actually happening, despite the fact that they've seen one of their classmates get a knife to the head and another one get his throat blown out. So, yeah. Um, so, opening thoughts on this one. I mean, what is it with these kids that's taken them so long to realise, you know, this is actually happening? I guess up to now, they've been in a... So, they've, they've woken up, drugged. Um, they've had quite an intense... They've seen their teacher murdered well they've seen the end result of their teacher being murdered they've come across a teacher they never thought they'd uh, see again who's turned into a psycho nut job and uh, like you say and to, to two of their classmates and um not not unpopular classmates as well have have uh, have bitten the dust but i think up to now everything's sort of been happening to them and this is the moment when at least for a couple of them at this early time um, it really becomes real because there's one thing when someone's hunting you but there's another thing when you have to be the hunted as well and I don't know about yeah. you but I think pulling the trigger on another human being uh, it would be a hard thing to do um, yeah there might be exceptions and and again <laughs> there's a huge difference to pulling the trigger with a with a projectile weapon and um, I don't know plastic hammer <laughs> but but no i think i think you know we we see in this section of the film one of the characters kill somebody and it's literally one of his peers and uh it doesn't really cope very well does he no i mean obviously we're when we follow um Shuya Nanahara, he, as he goes out at the start of the chapter, he goes out in outside and you would normally, you would think you get a bit of breathing space, everyone's going to go off and find somewhere to hide and, and regroup, but no, with uh, this film, it's just straight as soon as you go outside the door, things aren't going well, and in particular, um, we have uh, Yoshio, who is uh, probably best known as, you know, the fat kid of the group, who basically has gone kind of postal, I want to say. He's kind of postal, kind of panicky. Basically, he's got found that he's been uh, given a, sh a crossbow and uh, decides to start sniping off his classmates as uh, he's determined he's going to get off this island. And at the same time, he's really sort of struggling with what he has to do, but he's he's got this sort of drive to uh, make it happen and in particular he takes out uh, one of his classmates uh, straight off the back in uh, Girl 14 Mayumi Tendo um, who we see sort of turn up with uh, an arrow for the throat in the manga it's for her face but so they turned it down a little bit for the film and 
it's uh I have to say again this is one of those shocking moments of violence that I think we become numb to now. But at the time it was all like, wow, that's kind of a bit off when expecting that so soon. Um Yeah, I mean we don't actually see him shoot her. Um she sort of appears to show you um from from the bushes near the school with 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 a crossbow bolt through her neck quite quite wait so i don't feel good <laughs> yeah and it's a quite well done piece of um uh gore work really actually isn't it the the thing through her neck um don't feel good oh it's a simple but effective definitely yeah and 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 and, and she drops down dead now it's funny you should say that because you said um she's girl 14 yes and i'm pretty certain um uh yushio was was student number one right so yes, he was. why did it take him <laughs> um so 14 and 13 um 27 28 students to come out before he shot one but there we go <laughs> i don't i don't know how many i don't know how many bolts he had in his quiver but i, I wonder why it's so so there must have been an element of shock otherwise he would have maybe just stood at the door and killed the first lot of people straight away outside the door with that weapon but maybe as i say you know he's been in shock and probably hasn't worked it out but that he had an opportunity to really clear the field if he was really thinking straight yeah i mean certainly in like the manga and, and the book it's uh, revealed i mean the fact he he basically goes off and and cries um initially and that's how those first 13 sort of slip by and he basically debates the situation he's in and it's this sort of fear of dying that caused him to return to the school and it's just unfortunately in time for Miomi to uh, turn up and uh, and she's sort of like the first of his, his victims. And in the actual manga, he's on top of the doorway, whereas in the film he's on top of the hill. And I was questioned when I saw it in the manga, it's like, how did he get up there? Because he's not the most athletic member of the in the field is he really he's and i mean he in the in the you know the source material he's basically just you know the the fat bully kid um who's sort of picked on by the likes of Feroshi and shuya um sorry uh Ryushi, and they just basically just harassed him whereas we get he's another of these sort of classmates where we see um, Shuya has basically formed these little like bonds and tried to reach out to these these kids and tried to generally be the generally nice guy there. So with uh, this kid though, he's he's one of the few bullied ones who hasn't just like instantly sees this as a moment of revenge. He sort of like he tries to uh, just sees that by playing the game is how he's going to get out of the game. So he's certainly an interesting character, even though his time in the game is rather brief. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the film does him any favors in characterization. You know, he <coughs> he's just the fat kid that's first out, and he he ends up being one of the first to die. Um, uh, but it does. You know, the, 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 you know, he is he, he is he is the big kid. Um, being student number one, I think also suggests that he's the most um, successful academically. I think the numbering in the class results to some tests and things like that because uh, that's that's how they do it in japan just humiliate you with every element of your of of, of <laughs> they can um so it makes you think he's probably got a lot of inbuilt rage to um to let out and it's interesting that he, that he doesn't last very long out in the field but then i guess maybe 
he wouldn't last very long in the real world anyway. No, I think that he because he hasn't really got any sort of allies in this in this mm. class. Unlike when you look at the other sort of weaker members of this group, they've all got their own sort of like social circles that they can fall back on. Like we see the girls at the lighthouse, and we got other characters who are trying to find each other. And he's one of these few characters who doesn't actually have anyone, so to speak. I mean, we see him that um, he basically has uh, his friend who accidentally shoots him. Because um, yes. <laughs> Shuja. Yeah. yeah, so he, he, he falls down the hill, drops his um, drops his uh, crossbow, his mate picks it up and accidentally kills him with it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um... I tell you, that's a, lethal, that's a lethal weapon, that one. That's, that's, that's two for two, that, that, that weapon's had. Well, definitely, definitely so, and I mean, he's obviously killed by um, Kashida, Nida, who will obviously turn up a bit later on in the film, and is kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of an oddball himself, and I don't think he he ever really sort of set out to kill Yoshida. I never got no, that, no, it, that it, sort it, of it's thing. A, it's an absolute accident, isn't it? He sort of swings around and, oops. <laughs> And, and it's, a, probably, it's almost like he falls back he and it goes off. Yeah, that's right. It sort of, yeah. sort of goes off on its own. But like, why was it loaded? I don't know. This so many. Yeah, why? If it was loaded, why did it not go off as he fell down the hill? But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's it's. it's but again, in two minutes of the film, less than two minutes of the film, we lose two characters to the same weapon, and mm. you know the the, the kill rates gone up 100 percent within within moments of being outside yeah I, I have to say that his death is still still cracks him up every time i see it <laughs> it's like he's been paralyzed he's just like this lump of meat just like just um almost comically falls down so yeah it's a, there, there, there is a comic element to it i have to agree obviously no Nanahara, um, or Shuya. I don't know which way you want to well, go with this. We're gonna we're gonna be his friends, so we can call him Shuya, as Nariko Shuya. accidentally calls him and then he says sort of suggests it's alright to call me Shuya now. <laughs> so that's what we'll be as well. Yeah. Um now he obviously gets reunites with uh, Noriko who I believe for um, how did Noriko hurt her leg? Did she shot with the crossbow? Because this is why I couldn't really make out what, what uh, if I missed something here. I'm not sure either, because she gets um, it's her arm, isn't it? She's she she's got a wound okay. at the top of her arm. Um, and I think you're right. I think, gosh, I think I think it is that she's get winged by a crossbow belt because Noriko is out straight after Shuya because they're both um. They've got the same student number, so she must follow him. So I think he was just waiting for her, and she got winged. That's right, she gets winged by um, <coughs> by uh, Yoshio's crossbow when when he when he appears, and then they have a little moment which leads to him tumbling down. But she's not she's not really hurt by it. She's just she's just winged by it, and they they run off to a convenient cave um, with a matte painting. At the uh, at the exit, it looks really weird, <laughs> and it doesn't really make sense where that cave is and how quickly they've got there. Um, when you when you think where the school is, 
on the on the map how they're suddenly by this sort of uh, seaside cliff. But never mind, they go in there and they have a little a little bonding moment. And both have well, we learn a couple of things, don't we? We learn that they've both got really shit weapons. <laughs> well, one's yes. not even a weapon. <laughs> uh, a pot lid for um, Shuya and Noriko yep. has um, binoculars. Which I guess could be of some value, but not much good as a lethal weapon. Well, um, this is yeah. the thing when it comes to the weapons, though, because not all of them are, are lethal weapons. Um, some people have like uh, weapons which are sort of more um, to give them like an advantage. Like mm. you have the binoculars, you've got the scanner that one of them has, and there's also got the um, the body armor. Um, yes, and all these. Which all give him gives you like an advantage because if you look, you know, you're trying to avoid people. Um, it really comes in kind of handy like that. I and guess, then... yeah. I guess there's there's sort of four four types, aren't there? There's there's decent weapons, so there's there's plenty of shotguns and crossbows, um, and also I'll include the, the the Kevlar vest in that as well. You know, use useful things. Then you've got the what the heck stuff, <laughs> the coat hangers. The <laughs> the such like, and then you and the pot lid, and then you've got the things which could be of use to to the right kids, like like the like the GPS device, yeah. um, maybe like the megaphone. You know, you could you you could possibly use that to to do something, and then one of them has cyanide, I think, which is I'd say the fourth thing is just something to. Get yourself off the uh, get yourself off the path, but uh, I yeah, I don't know really because I mean that's obviously uh, Go Nine now uh, Yuko, who's mm. over in the lighthouse, and I mean cyanide as we see, I mean it can be used either way. You could, you know, lure could. Guess someone she... in and poison them. I get, I guess, indeed, that's what she does. Spoilers uh, for episode sixteen or whatever it is of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought, everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, I look at the the list of weapons here, and as you said, there is some really great stuff that you can have, and then you can have really useful stuff, and then you have the what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> is it the pot lid, the coat hanger, the plastic hammer, the, the, uh, plastic the boxing gloves? <laughs> the yeah. plastic hammer is pretty funny. Um, Cloth the megaphone. Band. Yes, exactly. It's like, what? What is this? So you're gonna blind them with your amazing fashion, and yeah. um, the megaphone, which I think they only included just so that they could set up set up uh, one of the kills in this uh, film. Yes, I think that is a um, a plot device <laughs> rather than a. Um, and there's also a rope, which I guess would be handy. Yes, no, you, you could can, use a rope. A rope's for got many uses. But paper fan, not so much. No. Um, so <clears throat> you look at you look at the list and it's like, oh, what would I sort of want really? I mean, do you want something like that can hide, you know, like the stickle or the switchblade, or do you like go with something like, you know, the the revolver or the shotgun? So I guess some of them depends on how much ammo you've got. Mm. Um, like one of the, one of them's just got two hand grenades. <laughs> hang, hang grenades are great and, and and I guess if people are congregating together you can get multiple kills but really you're down to two 
And even then, yeah. a hand grenade isn't an impact device, is it? So you're kind of relying on a whole bunch of things to happen. Um, so yeah, I think I think one one of the shotguns, surely. Although sh- although guns are notoriously difficult to aim, and fr- frankly, I'm looking at that crossbow. That crossbow's been pretty bloody deadly on its two times its shots <laughs> in the in the film anyway. Um, so maybe that's what I'd like the most, but I, I'm not sure mm. they've got enough um, bolts. No, that is obviously a downside. But then again, it's a, a banner ale. You you gather stuff up as you go. It's just a, mm. that initial sort of edge that you have. But maybe something like the katana that um, Yumiko has is more useful because it it's, it's deadly if you wield it properly, um, <laughs> but doesn't have any... Uh, Limitations and ammunition. I lo- I love the fact that if you weld it properly, like you think that any of these kids are going to know oh, been, how to weld it. They've all been doing. They've all been doing sword play, aikido uh, at school, haven't they? Oh no, they didn't the, go. They're, all, oh. they're going to be the same as all these, you know, these goth kids that you see by the. Uh, who buy the deadly martial arts weapons and walk around with it under their trench coat so they can go and play with their friends in the park. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the katana and the machete are more useful than the nunchuck, right? I reckon you could swing it around and do some damage, yeah? Yeah, I mean, to, you can do that. To, to other kids. Whereas with but the do you nunchuck, think that like either those could take yourself. on a, Do you think either those could take on Kaori with her pickaxe? No. No, obviously, but he's he's a special case, isn't he? But I reckon we could have all taken the fat kid. Sorry, yes, you're right. But we could all we could all take on um, the fat kid. We're, we're God, we're so going to get cancelled, mate. <laughs> I just have to say though. I mean, it's this film does uh, actually point out the fact that if ever faced with someone wielding a, a crossbow, that it can be easily defeated with a flashlight to the face. That's <laughs> that's good. Anything, I suppose. But <clears throat> his yeah. noise, though, when he makes it, is like ah! <laughs> <laughs> and he just falls down the hill. It gets so weirdly comical. This whole sequence is, and I don't know if that was the intention, really, because things are going to get pretty heavy pretty quick in this film. Mm. So, sure um, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, when we go to look at Shuya and uh, Noriko in in the cave, and there have that Noriko has that flashback to her own bully pass and again with a with the bully pass I couldn't tell whether they include that just so that they can sort of make this sort of stance that not all the bully kids went completely nuts on the island there's some who were still able to retain their humanity even though that they've got grudges that they could be set them yeah it's it's strange because this is this is another this is sort of a moment of of character that's done by a very short flashback yeah. Um, so we sort of see Noriko from above in a in a toilet cubicle. Um, remember, she's the one who liked going to school and was the only one who turned up. So the bullying, a bit minimal. And then we see that there's been some some of the worst toilet graffiti ever. They really aren't very good at it, are they? In um in this school, <laughs> they, I forget what they call her, but they're, they're, oh, they call her some some nonsense little names. I can't remember what it is, like skinny or something. Uh, it's, it's 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 rubbish, and the pictures are rubbish. You just think, God, the graffiti in the toilets in my school was much better. They <laughs> 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 to think what it was. Well, it's just half-assed, and the picture. I don't even know what. There's like like these two squares with something written. It's just like 
yeah, rubbish. But yes, but we get to see, you know, the serious point is we do get to see that <laughs> life isn't perfect for her and that some other kids have been bullying her. And interestingly, that Shuya seems to think that she would want to hang around with them. And she sort of goes, no, I shouldn't tell you this, but I really don't like those two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she tells them about the... Um, about the bullying, but yeah, it's certainly no. in the flashback. And then, of course, then we have another flashback where we see uh, Shoya half admitting to, <laughs> to his best mate, his now headless best mate, that he quite likes her as well. So, yeah, so sets up a little love triangle with one dead person. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the, the thing, because obviously with Nobu, uh, we have Nobu and um, Shuya, who are basically that. We have flashbacks to them in the in the children's home, and Shuya's there uh, sort of strumming away on his guitar, Wild Seven. And uh, Nobu's there, who's... I, I don't know how he sleeps in that bed, because his bed's basically half full of manga books. And um, they're having this conversation about uh, Noriko, and he basically is like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of like her, she, and he's sort of like, oh, God, no, I like her as well. And I think it's pretty clear who Noriko liked, even though she's responsible for um, Nobu coming back on the school trip, we find out in this this particular episode. So I know you questioned before is sort of like about him turning up just because it was a school trip, but mm. it was actually Noriko's fault that he turned up, so... Blame yes. Well, that's yeah. And look where you got him. That's women for you, mate. You can't trust them. Don't go on a school trip because of them. We've all got that story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still uh, on the whole graffiti side here. I'm just trying to remember what was on my school. Well, I think, uh, I think my school, cubicles. I think my. School. I know. I, I I was at school ten years before you, mate. But the graffiti in the toilets was a lot more full of homophobic slurs, um, racial slurs, um, just 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 slurs, and not saying Elwood is a bit skinny. <laughs> I think we would have. I think we would have tried a bit harder, and the pictures would have been. Let's face it, there would have been knob pics everywhere, right? <laughs> you give you give a young teenager uh, a, a, a dry erase marker and a plain wall, they will draw a knob. It's <laughs> true. This is, it's always like stigma with huge phalluses. <laughs> that's just right, like yeah. squirting gallons of jizz everywhere. That's that's what oh, we need. That, that that's, that's, like... that's that's what's lacking. This this school <laughs> is too nice, um, which is yeah. very Nobody's ironic writing, when, like... you, when you find out what happens. If Shane Meadows had made this film, it would have been a yeah. lot different. I just remember like someone writing like Dick Tracy Devastation Tour, and it's like. First off, who's Dick Tracy and what tour includes this school? (laughs) 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 Happy days. (laughs) Remember they like to say getting expelled and their expulsion from the school was like that little tour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of like they have this sort of like tender little moment, uh, the two of them. In the in the cave, where as I said, they're comparing weapons and basically trying to assess this situation. And Noriko's like is only real sort of like comment is like not the fact that oh isn't it horrible like five of our classmates have been killed already, but like oh you never got a chance to have those cookies did you? 
And this then... is like her first thought. <laughs> oh, you never got to eat my cookies. And then, segue. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what happened to the cookies, Elwood? Where are they now? <laughs> that was they... that was number two on my list of things to worry about. <laughs> Exactly, it's like one of those key plot points It's sort of like, what happened to those cookies And it's sort of like, cut away And it's just Katano being fat on the sofa Stuffing his face with cookies Acting like I do on a Sunday afternoon Watching the football (laughs) Just laid horizontally on a couch While the world around him goes to shit um, Eating someone else's cookies And not letting anybody else have them (laughs) That's his... His, uh, I don't know. He just, I don't know. I thought he might be a bit more into it and be watching what's going on on the screen rather than having a nap and eating some cookies. But hey ho, it's early days at the moment. I think this is the this is the thing. He doesn't think that anything exciting is really going to be particularly happening. It's it's almost like he knows that it's just going to be some minor casualties in these sort of early hours of the game. So I think this is why he's not paying too much uh sort of focus to what's what's happening here but it is for someone who's supposed to be like the person responsible for running the operation he is rather laid back and the fact that they've set him up his own couch yeah there's there's a there's a behind him there's a whole bond villain wall of electronics and gps and maps and, and and radars and things but he's got a nice little couch to lay on with a little coffee table of course, we're of being course. we're being mean about it. But of course, what it does do this this is the start, I think, of the setup of this this strange pater- well, it's probably continuing on from the first scene, isn't it? But there's this sort of strange paternal relationship he has with the Rico, so it's quite apt he's eating her cookies, as as we'll come to later in the film. So I guess it, it's creating the cookies must have some kind of psychic bond. <laughs> or something like that, but yes, I think I think it's just thematically that that we we've joined these two characters together. But yeah, that is the least subtle um, transition of the movie, and this is a movie which involves forty kids killing each other. So yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, anything else you want to discuss on this one? I don't think so. It was a very very short chapter. But things really got underway, I think. Um, we've I, I felt I hadn't realised before, before we broke it down, I hadn't realised quite how long we spent in the classroom. How long we spent, you know, I'd, I'd forgotten that we went to watch the video twice and there was all sorts of things to pick with it, pick, pick, pick holes in, because that seems to be what I do now. But I think now, finally, things are on the go. We're finally going to start meeting some of these kids... Um, start seeing where they end up. Start seeing some imaginative deaths, um, and yeah, I'm 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 kind of happy we're, we're out there now because I I think I think the film this is where the film really springboards. And what was interesting was we are now 25 percent the way through this film. We're half an hour in of a two-hour movie. It's only just now the kills have started, which I think isn't how I remember it when I think back on it. I was feeling. I think that. It yeah, but when quicker. you look at the pacing of this film, it's so tight, and you're so invo- mm. and the story's so engrossing. You don't realize that first half an hour flies by. It feels like about fifteen minutes. It really does. By. It really um, does. Which is the 
opposite of how I feel about Battle Royale 2, which basically <laughs> is a very similar beginning, but feels yeah. like it goes on for three hours. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever do Battle Royale 2 minute by minute, or scene by scene or whatever. Uh, I suggest not. Can I imagine we're doing this minute by minute? Oh, God. We'll be like yeah. 30 episodes in and we've only now just got out into the field. Yeah, but, um, you know, but, but chapter by chapter. But it is, it is, it, it's surprising how quickly that first 30, I know the people listening are saying you're six episodes in, guys, and you're only 30 minutes into the film. But it is, it is kind of interesting that actually we've only lost four kids and, and, and we're quarter of the way through the film. Um, and, there are still several characters, important characters that have arcs in this movie that we haven't even met yet. And then there's two yeah. in particular I'm thinking of that get significant screen time and significant backstory. And you wouldn't have even noticed them in the film yet. Oh, definitely. Because when we look at the likes of Misuko and mm. Kazuo, um, who are. Basically, out there you've got Kawara who's disappeared out into the field, so we don't know uh, where where he's gone as well. And yeah, I mean, there's there's the these are sort of like the key players in in the game, and we don't see have have yet to sort of see where they are as yet. I mean, obviously, I mean, the main two we're sort of focusing if we were sort of like first time watchers would obviously be where the two in two transfer students, I say Kazuo and um, Kawada, who disappeared to because of all wise and them as the sort of wild cards of the of the film. Yeah, you and because they way they're and they go. and they look different physically, they look older, they dress differently, so we will recognise them at the moment. Other than Shuya and Noriko, we don't really know anybody. They all just look the same because they're all wearing the same school uniform. Um and the camera hasn't really spent any time with them. I'm, I'm really looking forward to le- later on in the film where there's a there's a moment which ties it all together. But yeah, it's it's just I just thought it was very interesting. We're significant portion into this film. You know, we finished the first act, I guess, and we really know barely anybody. And when we look back on this at the end and the characters that stick with us, we talked about this in either our battle royale episode or one of our um, listing episodes where. We, we talked about sort of the character that we remember most or that we back most or that we found was most interesting in this film. And we haven't even met the one that I think I chose or you chose, which is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very tightly paced film, but there's so much more to come. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is really going to, this is one of, be one of our key talking points when we get on to our next, next chapter. Because really, as I said, we're now in the field, but I think it's the next chapter is the one where everything really starts to, the, the real sort of rest of the game start to become apparent and who's going to be the sort of real dangerous ones of this game. Um, it's really going to be apparent when we look at our next chapter. Um, but all that is obviously all to, to come. Uh, make sure you join us next time when we look at Chapter 7, Comparing Weapons. And uh, thank you as always for listening. And uh, if you haven't done already, please do hit the like and subscribe button. And also check out our main show, The Asian Cinema Film Club, where every couple of weeks, myself and Stephen are taking turns to pick a film to highlight and discuss. And uh, you can check all that out, as well as our complete archive episodes over on asiancinemafilmclub.wordpress.com. You can follow us both on Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, you know, let us know 
your favourite thoughts on on uh, Battle Royale. We always love to hear from you guys and uh, anything that we should be looking out for as we continue this chapter-by-chapter chapter breakdown of the film. But uh, thank you, as always, my co-host, Stephen. Good night, everybody, and check your bag. And we'll be back next time to discuss Chapter 7, Comparing Weapons. Good night. Good night.